Good afternoon, evening from Northern California. Well, it's a hot day in the Bay Area here in the upper 90s today. And I've been chilling, sort of doing nothing, which doesn't make me feel good. So tonight I will paint after I open up all the windows and doors again. So I was doing some reading and those of you who know my work or know who I am more than just an internet presence know that I have for a long time been a political activist in my own way, whether it be writing to my representatives, showing up at a rally or a protest, um, protesting war primarily, but also showing up for when we had um, the, in 2008, the uh, um, protests about um, the banks. And I guess what I want to talk about tonight is my art in relationship to that part of me. I always feel like I'm struggling to say something in that arena. I have painted about certain issues that concern me, primarily war and the fallout of wars, which is the refugees, the survivors of of tragedy. Um, constantly up against censorship as well. I've 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 combated that in my own writing and my own social media presence. And I support artists who try to push back, uh, saying push back against social media outlets in particular that try to censor either art or their voices. So today I came across, after doing all my normal looking at Twitter, and I have not been to Facebook. I don't go to Facebook much anymore. I used to post a lot there regarding my political... uh, Activism, I guess, is the only word that comes to mind. My political my areas of, of disgust in the political arena arena, that's where I used to post most of it. Now it's transitioned to Twitter and I'm sorry to anybody who follows me there. Sometimes my timeline is nothing but a lot of pushing back on my representatives or my uh, people that right now, especially right now, uh, candidates in our race for president. Um, Anyway, what I came across tonight was an article, an artist, and actually I saw this artist's work on Instagram. And she's local she's not local to our area my San Francisco area but she's I believe in the on the east coast 
and there's a show, she had a show in San Francisco this weekend. And it relates to the dis, uh, what do you call it? The um, MAGA, M-A-G-A, the Make America Great, Great Again hats that have been so volatile, I guess is the word, volatile in um, uh, our political dialogue. Um, this artist's name is Kate Kretz, and she did a whole body of work, or some body of work, um, about calling them the hate hate hats. And what she did was um, took these hats apart and deconstructed the MAGA hats and re fashioned them into sculptural political statements. One in particular is refashioned into a Ku Klux Klan shape or a conical shape with eye holes. It's all red because of course the, the hats are red and she has Make America Great Again uh, over the eye holes at the top of the structure. And as I looked at these, I, I had two reactions. I had the reaction of good for her, pushing the boundaries, showing a new way of pushing back on on uh, political hatred. And on the other hand, I, I just, I just lack, for me, I am finding a lack of, hmm, what's the word? The lack of sincerity, let's put it that way. I, I'm sorry, I don't, it's not a put down of this artist or of the work at all, and she's, seems to be, you know, gaining, gaining a lot of um, notoriety, if you will, from her work. She's worked, I guess, for 30 years doing political um, work. And um, I don't know, I react because of this whole Trump, um, Trump hatred. And I hate Trump too. No, don't get me wrong. <laughs> I do, but I'm um, I'm seeing I I am seeing a lot of the art and a lot of the stuff come out about Trump himself. And yes, he's he's outrageous. He's horrible. He's the epitome of everything. That's just tragic, right? I mean. It just shows me my my country's worst side. 
So, but I have trouble. I have trouble with it somewhat. But anyway, okay, so that's, so there's two sides of it for me. And um, I went to her website. Was it a website? No, I went to the website of the gallery that's showing her short, it's a short, what they call a pop-up exhibit. And uh, there was an article that she wrote regarding this, uh, regarding her show, or her, her body of work. And evidently, Facebook has banned her from showing this work on her social media accounts. So I thought I would read this article from her. And it could be a little long, it could be about 10 minutes or so, so we'll see. It's posted in the Medium website, M-E-D-I-U-M dot com. Facebook bans artist for transforming MAGA hats. A cautionary tale on art, censorship, and social media. It's by Kate Kretz, who's the artist in question here. I'm one of those artists who's been plugging away in the studio for the past 30 years. Part of the art world's middle tier, I am perpetually hovering on the edge of my big break, quote-unquote, but I no longer hold my breath in, wait for it. But I no longer hold my breath in, wait for it. I have work in a few important collections and a 25-page CV, I've won Arts Council grants in all the states I've lived in. I have a few nice exhibition catalogs, and I've been in in museum shows across the country and abroad. I hope to move up a few more rungs in the art world ladder before I die, but that's far less important to me than consistently making work I am proud of. Presently, all but the top 1% of artists are struggling. Several artists' grants have dried up and sales have declined, leaving creatives to expend more energy simply trying to make ends meet. So many middle-tier galleries have closed that a large number of artists like myself are managing our own careers full-time while making art. That's so true. Social media has been a tremendous help in this area. I can create a new work, post it, get instant feedback, and often, within a few weeks or months, get offers to exhibit it. While a few hundred to a few thousand people might see my art in real life, during the course of an exhibition, a strong, well-photographed image placed on social media, can reach 10 times as many eyes through multiple shares. And artists, as artists look for new, for new paradigms to cultivate audiences for our work, we, gra- we gravitate towards platforms like Facebook. Many artists are introverts or suffer from social anxiety. For them, social media is a godsend because they can share what they make without awkward personal interactions and dreaded small talk. Someone like Van Gogh, for example, would have loved it. 
I am an artist living outside of New York City with a teaching job, a compulsive studio practice, and a child, so I rarely have time to socialize. I post on Instagram, despite the fact that I find the calculated branding, slickness, and following games of off-putting, but most of my social media time is spent on Facebook. I like the longer conversational format, the ability to post multiple images, albums, and the opportunity to trade pictures and links back and forth in the extended conversations. It's become my primary source of social interaction with my peers and my art career distribution center. When it comes to my studio practice, I have always believed that art is supposed to tell the truth about things people didn't want to talk, don't want to talk about. Within that realm, eight years ago, my focus shifted from the personal to the political. I was thinking about the world my newborn daughter would grow up in. I was overwhelmed by the daily news and I was and was starting to pick up on cultural rumblings all around me that were quite unsettling. That drove me to research and creation at an that drove me to research and create at an unprecedented unprecedented feverish pitch that continues to this day. My practice is now devoted to calling out injustices against disparate parts of our community. Investigating the victims may change. Wait, sorry. Investigating overlaps to suggest that although the victims may change, the perpetrators are often the same. I have named the ongoing series Bully Culture because I believe that the United States cultivates aggression and entitlement in a myriad of ways, both overt and subtle. Much of the work in this series foreshadowed both the 2016 election and the Me Too movement by several years. The the series is difficult and provocative. It requires warning signs when exhibited. Early early work on the fetishization of guns resulted in threats to me and my family. Some have said or implied that I am asking for whatever happens to me as a result of making this series. In response, I maintain that one, I have never heard anyone tell a male artist that he was asking for it. That term is after that term is after all the language of abuse. And two, none of the art I have produced is more disturbing than the things happening in real life that inspired me to make the work. I am simply embroidering, burning wood, drawing or painting, not hurting humans, animals, or the earth like the perpetrators featured in my work. Get outraged at the injustice, not the art calling it to light. Within the larger bully culture context, there are sub-series. The one that currently engages me is called, quote, the MAGA hat collection, end quote. I have been ordering MAGA hats, all knockoffs, 
with the exception of one, ripping them apart and then sewing them back together into traditional symbols of hatred. The works are meant to both call out wearers who claim the hats to be innocuous and to sound the alarm that history is repeating itself. The only official MAGA hat putting money in Trump's pocket was ripped apart strand by strand all the way down to individual threads. And I think she shows a picture here. I'm not sure if this is the right one, but it's, it's a box, a glass box that has all the different threads in there with Make America Great Again on the side of the box and a flag. There are, the, there are at least three more in progress pieces to come. When originally posted to Facebook in March and April, all of, my, all of the images from the ongoing MAGA hat series received an overwhelmingly positive response with thousands of likes and hundreds of comments. Only a few people were offended by their cursory look at the swastika. Many more said that their initial reaction was WTF, what the fuck. Then they loved the piece even more when they saw that it was what it actually was. One of the hate hats sold to a prominent collector within days. In early May, several of the images above were removed from Facebook because they violated, quote, the community standards, end quote. I protested their removal with an explanation that they were artworks, and like political cartoons, they included the offensive symbol to make a point about it. I later reposted the images with prominent text photoshopped onto them, which she shows a picture here, explaining that they were artworks this tactic had worked with the same images on Instagram when they were removed, then successfully reposted, reposted on that platform. Adding text to the image of one's work is something that makes most artists cringe. We want the work to be experienced on its own without explanation. But we are in a new world populated by many beings who obviously cannot process subtleties like metaphor or irony. Facebook responded to my protest by removing even more images. On the morning of Thursday, May 9th, I found that my account had been disabled. When your account is disabled on Facebook, you have one opportunity to make your case through a brief form. First, you have to upload your license, an extortion that was wildly unsettling for someone who has gotten threats in the past, and tries to keep her location somewhat under wraps. Not knowing that it was my last chance, I simply explained that the work that got me banned was art, not hate speech. I thought my brief explanation would be enough to have a real human being review the post for more than a split second, realize the mistake, and restore my account. But that did not happen. Once you fill out the form, you are promised an email response to come, quote-unquote, shortly. Eleven days later, mine, mine has yet to arrive. After the initial form, you have no recourse. There is no customer service to call or email. Therefore, 
no, sorry, there is a general feedback form I submitted that Facebook makes no promise about. I invite you to try it as well, to voice your concerns about censorship. But there is no one to ask. If you want to keep my account disabled, can I at least have a copy of my own archive? Facebook is an impenetrable fortress, completely disempowering to any user who feels they have been wronged. As Facebook co-founder Chris Hughes recently stated in a May 9th NPR interview, Mark Zuckerberg is unaccountable. He's unaccountable to his shareholders. His, he's unaccountable to his users. He's unaccountable to government. End quote. Although I have spoken with one person who had her account restored after a month for nudity, that's what I had in my first times with Facebook. I couldn't post some of my drawings that had nudity in it. Uh, with one person who had her account restored after a month for nudity, most have said that accounts are restored within three to seven days. I will never know whether the Trump supporters who regularly troll me reported my work. I'm told they are now coordinating efforts to remove work. Or, excuse me, or whether the images were censored by Facebook's new anti-hate speech implementation gone awry. While the initial photos may have been deleted automatically through image recognition software, I assume that the review practice was conducted by a human, and if so, I wonder how they are qualified for such a position. It's disconcerting to think that a 20-something person sitting in a big room in a far corner of the earth, being paid, in, being paid to process yays and nays as expediently as possible, gets to decide with a quick look and a click of a cursor if my work is art and whether it will be allowed to reach my carefully cultivated audience. One would think that a billion dollar company that has already been taken to court over censorship of art might employ at least one art specialist to review these types of posts. In the art world, it is often said, it's not what you know, it's who you know. Last week, Facebook effectively destroyed for me the most precious thing any business can possess, a mailing list. Over the past decade, even every time I read an article, go to a conference, see an exhibition, or meet new people, I, I add relevant contacts on Facebook. As a result, I have built up a highly targeted audience for my work that has given me tremendous opportunities in a form of feedback, collegial discussions on art topics, exposure to others, exposure to other artists' work, articles, interviews, sales, and exhibitions. Yeah. This list of contacts is impossible to recreate. My Facebook archive, more extensive than a scrapbook, contains a decade of my art of my artistic creations, exhibitions, reviews, and people's responses to them, as well as articles and references that have fueled the content of my work and the shared work of artists I admire. A third of my career history is now owned by someone else and is being withheld from me, the content provider. 
I feel invisible, like I have been disappeared in some nightmarish dystopian novel. Yeah, when I, this is an aside, when I left Facebook, it was for censorship, not always to me, but for others as well, because I was protesting that. And the only reason I reopened my Facebook again is for the reasons she's talking about right here. And that is, I have sold work from Facebook and I have contacts there. And I feel like if I dump my Facebook, which I did for eight months, that I would be dumping a whole uh, investment, basically, in a whole um, scrapbook, like using her word, of what I have done in the last 10 years there. <laughs> so, yeah, I totally get that. So here she goes on. I could open a new Facebook account, but I, I fear never regaining the old one. Bravo to my friends who saw the writing on the wall and have left Facebook, have already left Facebook. I'm ashamed to say that I have gained too much career-wise from career-wise from the platform to boycott it completely. That's how I feel. But I will make changes in how I use it moving forward and will actively seek alternative strategies. My advice to artists on Facebook is to take screen grabs and create a private archive of everything that is important to you. Your contact list is the most is the most critical should you have to rebuild it. But also work you have posted that generated a lot of responses, articles that you might want to reference again, and images that others have taken of you, your work, and exhibitions. Keep building your old-fashioned email list. Don't rely solely on Facebook to get the word out. Yeah, I haven't done that again. I should go back to my email list. While I know that most likely... While I know that the most likely scenario in my case is that some trolls got together to remove my work through orchestrated complaints, for instance, the bad guys won, or that, or that the image recognition software got it wrong and some culturally ignorant human rubber stamped the machine's decision at a glance, the end result is the same. My work, and finally my voice, has been silenced. There's nothing I can do to get through to Facebook except this article. And if it happened to me, it could happen to anyone. And perhaps it is only a coincidence that my work is highly critical of the current administration and its followers. And perhaps the absurdity and poetry of having art that warns of impending fascism rendered invisible by a corporation will be lost on most people. But do understand that we, as artists, using the platform, are at the mercy of a multinational that is making billions off our content while extinguishing our right to free speech and failing to provide access to a true appeal process designed to protect the rights of artists. Act accordingly. This is much bigger than my few offending artworks Facebook is a tool that many are currently using to organize against injustice. In 2018, Dyke March, an annual event, held, had a Facebook page shut down because the self-identifying name was considered a slur. Constructing community standards, quote-unquote, which can be wielded at will without accountability and transparency is an Orwellian tactic designed to keep us in line, 
just behave don't push any boundaries and you get to keep your friends and your business imagine life without your favorite social media platform how much power have you given them how could you possibly offend their standards what if the standards change what would happen if the Koch brothers brought face bought Facebook what if they already have most importantly I beg you not to censor your work, but instead find creative workarounds for sharing it. We live in dangerous times and need artist voices more than ever. Artists are, as Kurt Vonnegut stated, the canaries in the coal mine. I wouldn't make the work that I do if I didn't and believe in its I wouldn't make the work that I do if I didn't believe in its capacity to affect change. Powerful art can get your can get into your nervous system and touch parts of you that rhetoric cannot. People who censor art understand and respect that power, oh, sorry, people who censor art understand and respect that power, which is why they try to silence us. Salman Rushdie once said, a poet's job is to name the unnameable, to point at frauds, to take sides, start arguments, shape the world, and stop it from going to sleep. At this critical juncture in history, let's not allow anyone or anything to keep us from doing our job. And then she has an update here. Update, May 31st. My Facebook account was restored after 17 days. There was a change.org position Petition, sorry. There was a change.org petition and several reporters called the FB Facebook headquarters office. Thank you all. Thank you for all of your support. On Thursday, May 30th, Jen Tuff Gallery at San Francisco Gallery, who will be showing the MAGA hat work this summer, received a threatening phone call and has upped security for her gallery. On Instagram, there have been threats to spray paint that shit when it goes on exhibit. Also on May 30th, my Instagram account was disabled after no new posts. Instagram first removed an old post, a black and white video I shot at the Holocaust Museum of a Nazi book burning. I'm increasingly certain that this is the concerted effort of people who do not want my work to be seen. I would like to say, well, now you can follow my new work on Facebook, but that seems like an absurd thing to say. There are new MAGA hat pieces in the works, and all my current work can always be seen on my website, which is www.katekretz.com. K-A-T-E-K-R-E-T-Z, all one word, dot com. Update. 6-8. Yesterday I received an ugly, obscene snail mail letter addressed to me at Gentuff Gallery. It has been documented. The gallerist has taken it to the police. Security has been increased at the gallery, and we now have an open case file at the ACLU and Southern Poverty Law Center. The letter, of course, uses sexual assault language, 
essentially proving the point of my entire hashtag bully culture series of the past eight years. I am seeking any male artists who have been targeted by conservatives for their political artwork to compare notes. Please contact me through my website. And that is the end of her story. She's an artist, speaker, professor, perfecting the beautiful gut punch, obsessively made, timely, truth-telling work in paint, thread, hair, and heat. And like I said again, her website is www.katekretz.com.